Welcome into the In the Money podcast for Sunday, October 15th at Keeneland. I'm Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. And we are taking a look at the Sunday late pick four that starts in the sixth race and includes the grade two Franklin, five and a half furlongs, Phillies and Mayors on the turf, three and up. And last year's Breeders' Cup sprint winner on the turf, Caravelle, headlines this field. The question, can you beat Caravelle coming off a loss? I know one thing. If I get guaranteed nine to five on Caravelle, <laughs> I'm going to go empty my bank account. Because I don't think there's any way she no. goes off at nine to five. I think Nick made the morning line reasonable because there are some other good good uh, mayors and fillies in here. But I just think that Caravelle is three for three at Keeneland. She's 10 for 15 at five and a half furlongs, including last year uh, she won the Franklin which was a grade three then. We got moved up to grade two this year. And then the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, both at Keeneland, and then she won Shakertown. All three on this track, 92, 107, 100 buyers. I'm going to forgive the last race at Saratoga. It was on a soft track in a Troy, and she didn't get off to a good start. She was bumped, and, and I, you know, they probably didn't persevere with her. Uh, she needs to be on the lead or just off the lead. I, she's got more speed than anybody in the race. I think this one is a slam dunk for Caravelle. Um, Wakanaka for Bill Mott. Bill's had a really good meet so far, but uh, and Rosario takes this one back. Uh, lost to Bay Storm last time out, but I think Wakanaka is, is a better mayor. Uh, I would think she's got a shot at second. And then Charlie Appleby's got the wild card in here, star guest. But with those time form ratings from Newmarket um, and Lingfield, I don't see how she runs with Caravelle on Caravelle's home course. Bay Storm is the other one that um, did win at Ellis Park and, uh, and Kentucky Downs uh, on a two-race win streak. But again, it's a big step up to beat Caravelle here at Keeneland. So let's take a stand with the obvious chalk here. Yeah, I'm right with you there. I think the uh, only one I would maybe consider in multi-race wagers if you want to try to go beyond Caravelle to try to catch a, a bigger price and boost the ticket might be star guest just because it's Charlie Appleby. And while the time form figures are not great, they have at least been improving in the last two starts. But yeah, Caravelle to me, I just kind of draw a line through that last one because of the soft turf. Forgive that. She loves Keeneland. She's prepping for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, and we're not really supposed to get uh, much rain, I don't think, heading into the weekend as much as was originally thought. So uh, it should be pretty firm for uh, the Franklin, and I think Caravelle wins it, and I'll uh, single her when we get to the pick four. And the only other one I would toss in there I don't think you mentioned was Twilight Gleaming just on the back class. She's six for 12, and it's Speed and Wesley Ward, and uh, you could be wor- you know do worse than taking a look at that one too. But if for some reason Caravelle didn't run a race, then you know it's uh, you'd really have to go deep. Sixth race starts the late pick four. It's two-year-old Philly Maidens going seven. I took a Brad Cox first-timer for Godolphin in there, Sweet Sunshine. Just wasn't wild about any of the ones that had started and uh, thought that the uh, Cox runner might be ready to fire first time out. So I took Sweet Sunshine on top. Uh, light up Louie. Was a solid fourth in the debut at Kentucky Downs for the Maker Barn, which has been a little slow out of the gate in this fall meet. Sias rides. Final draft is a first-timer for Mark Cassie and gets Gaffley owned, so I'll uh, respect those connections. And then if you want to go deeper, Sweet Violet showed big improvement in the second start. Steampunk uh, is uh, Correus. You and I both uh, like nachos 
uh, barn gets overlooked sometimes. This horse making its third start. And the first two were solid efforts up at Colonial. And then uh, Abundant Life, fifth in the debut at Kentucky Downs for Vicki Oliver. I could see this one improving off that. She uses her go-to rider, Bay Hirano, in here. But I have Sweet Sunshine on top in the sixth. How about you? I was between Sweet Sunshine and Light Up Louie, Light Up Louie, um, and I went with uh, the maker, uh, Philly. The last race at Kentucky Downs, uh, she lost by four. What impressed me about that was that she was the favorite uh, at a little less than three to one. Uh, she ran behind Pino's little girl, who ran fairly well here opening weekend in an allowance race. And um, I think she's uh, a 68 buyer. Uh, she didn't get up to a great start, but obviously running six furlongs at Kentucky Downs is just like running seven here. So 68 buyer makes me choose Lighted Up Louie over Sweet Sunshine for Brad Cox firster. I mean, I also use some firsters for Michael McCarthy, the seven Shiloh's mistress, Johnny B rides, and uh, McCarthy is 16% first time out. I use Ruby Queen, the horse that you didn't mention, uh, because Flavian Pratt takes them out for Ron Moquette. Uh, I use Final Draft for Mark Cassie, another first time starter with Gaffleone, and Happy Talk. I even threw that one in there. So between us, I think we covered about nine of the horses. So uh, this was wide open. Just take a look at connections. And I think the horses that raced earlier um, at Kentucky Downs, Lighted Up Louie and Abundant Life, both ran decent buyers that, that are uh, subject to Im- improve here. Um, but going from turf to dirt, lots of question marks here. Uh, this one's wide open, and I would not blame anybody for taking all here. Let's go to the eighth race, which is a first-level allowance, three and up, six and a half furlongs on the main track. Uh, Bourbon Bash is the favorite in here on the morning line, but it's only one for 17 lifetime. How'd you see the eighth? I think the best bet here is take Bourbon Bash for second. Huh. Five, yeah. five seconds out of 17 races. So, you get a horse like this that obviously is well man. He was actually on the Derby Trail last year, ran the Arkansas Derby, and they got a little more realistic with him. And he hasn't won since he's over ten in twenty twenty three. I got a hard time backing somebody that's over ten this year. Um, although this is a realistic level for him, he almost won at Saratoga at this level a couple back, but. I just don't like a horse that, that doesn't like to win. So I'm going to use three other horses in here. I'm going to use You Ain't Poppin', who won first time out for Brandon Walsh with an 83 buyer at Churchill. I'm going to use Talking Cash for Brad Cox, who won first time out at Turfway back in March. Obviously, it's had some issues since then getting back to the races, but a couple of good works uh, last week and week before last with an 82 buyer in his pocket. And then Pensacola for Flavian Pratt and Rudolph Reset. Mr. Brissett is actually two for two going into this uh, uh, this long weekend, and um, he is sub- certainly puts them where they're got a chance to win. You could draw a line through that turf experiment last time out and go back to that dirt effort at Ellis in an allowance race with an 83 buyer. So he almost got through this condition right off his maiden win. And then for some reason they tried him on the turf. I got no idea when a horse went 75 and 83 on the dirt why they try him at the turf, but he's an into mischief. Uh, and I think he's got a big shot in here, $600,000 purchase. So I'm using four out of the eight, the four obvious ones. Surely this will get me through the pick four. Yeah, me too. Um, same ones. If I put Pensacola on top. The race two back at Ellis, I think that's a really good Brad Cox runner that uh, he caught that day. And those are two really solid races. And I like a horse with a little more experience 
to have a shot to to knock off the two horses coming off maiden wins, talking cash and you ain't popping, um, and hoping that that little experience edge could help him. Certainly, Bourbon Bash has it, but I'm like you, I can't get too wild about 0 for 10 this year. So I kind of ended up uh, defaulting to Pensacola with that little bit of an experience edge. Started to go talking cash just for Cox and Gaffleone and that angle, and I like the two five furlong works. So it's part of the pattern coming off the layoff, so that suggests that uh, I think this horse will be fit enough, but I'm going to take Pensacola over Talking Cash, Bourbon Bash, and you ain't popping. The ninth race is a mile and a half on the turf. Second level allowance, Phillies and Mayors three and up. I uh, took a, a long look here and ended up on R. Cali Kim uh, down on the inside. In career best form, a couple of wins coming off the layoff, six for 12 overall, and I just think this horse is really good right now and uh, can win right back. Stir crazy for Maker and Rosario. Uh, not a great post out on the outside, but it is a mile and a half, so maybe you can overcome that, and you always have to respect Maker at these marathon races. Good American, it's Suge McGahee off a 1X win at Kentucky Downs, and Suge can certainly uh, knows what to do with a good distance horse. And then uh, Bravo Kitten uh, has run well on this Keeneland course, so I threw him in for that reason. Uh, the 10 horse. So four of them I'm going to use in here with R. Cali Kim on top. How about you? We're thinking alike. I, I like R. Cali Kim on top here as well. And um, if you like Caravelle in the second leg and you like R. Cali Kim in this leg, uh, you can get a fairly inexpensive ticket by even going, you know, all in the sixth leg and the sixth race. Um, I didn't single R. Cali Kim. I think there are some other horses here, uh, three of which you mentioned, Good American, Bravo Kitten, and Sir Crazy all have reasons to support. Maker on Sir Crazy, Bravo Kitten, because you noticed as well, she ran very well here and has two seconds at Keeneland. Uh, and then Good American uh, for uh, Suge McGahee, and Shemino takes them out here. And, and Shemino for McGahee, a little known stat here, if you look in the racing form, 35% from 23 mounts, so not too bad. And I also used a horse you didn't mention, Highland Grace, uh, this horse has also entered on Saturday at Belmont at Aqueduct, so I'm not sure if she's going to run here or if Aqueduct, but if she runs here, she's coming out of a jockey club Oaks Invitational at Aqueduct where she ran third to ran fourth to Eternal Hope. So um, she's, she was two for two. She broke her maiden, came right back, and uh, got out of the first level allowance and then stepping up into a better allowance race for Barkley Tag, and Louis Saez takes them out. So I'm going to use Highland Grace in here as well if she comes down. Let's go to our pick four tickets. I'll go first. Two, four, six, eight, eleven, twelve. Six of them in the first leg. Single Caravel, the one. Then one, three, four, six, with one, six, ten, twelve, forty-eight bucks for me. Six by one by four by four. How about you? This may be as close as we've ever come to having the same ticket. Uh, I've got a $60 ticket. Uh, two, five, seven, eight, nine, eleven, with one, with one, three, four, six, with one, two, six, ten, twelve. So those are very similar tickets. Well, surely we'll hit it. We're of such a <laughs> like mind. <laughs> it's uh, a nice card to close out the first full week of this fall meet. So if you can't get out to enjoy it, just make sure you have some funds in your Keeneland Select account. Uh, it's uh, great uh, racing and uh, prices have been good. So uh, good luck finding some winners on the Sunday card. We'll be back next week to continue our daily podcast for the fall meet at Keeneland here at KeenelandSelect.com.